Greetings, ladies and gentle nerds, and welcome to the Speculating Nerd Podcast. I am your host, Neo, and this is Creator's Corner with Will Robson. Enjoy. Alrighty, folks, we have a very special guest, uh, creator, uh, writer, and artist, Will Robson. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, mate. How are you? I'm maintaining. I got up early and I said, hey, let's let's start a show. <laughs> <laughs> um, so take us on a little journey. Who is Will Robson? Uh, he's a fat ginger bloke from the UK. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but besides that, uh, I've, uh, I've always been a creative guy. I was always obsessed with creativity as a kid, whether it was making clay animations or spending more time in a video game, creating my custom character instead of actually playing the game itself, which I still do. Um, yeah, and I just love creating stuff. So I've always tried to find work in the creative field and, I started originally in film. That's where I went to school and university form. Um, but I loved comics as a kid, and I rediscovered them uh, in my early 20s when the new 52 launched. And I saw that Greg Capullo art on Batman, and I said, I want to do that. So I became a comic creator. But then I was always, you know, even though I broke into Marvel and DC and stuff, uh, and, and I was drawing, I still wanted to write. So Outbreaks is really my first time properly sitting down and writing something and look i've had i've done writing before i've written for teenage Mutant ninja turtles i've written a lot of stuff for dynamite like vampirella and red sonia and i've got a few other things in the works but outbreaks really was the first time i said right i'm going to sit down and write a project so i'm so happy it's finally happening now wow that's 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 incredible uh Going from uh, being such a creative mind, you ha you went from film to this the still page, but I can imagine how cinematic your your stuff must be if that's where you you know came from, or I mean not where you came from, but where your uh, creativity started. And you said yeah. animation was um, what's the uh, Harryhausen? Is that the one? Is that uh, the guy uh, who did? Um, those claymation uh, movies with Harryhausen? Yeah, that's one of them. I, I was a big Aardman fan growing up, so I loved Wallace and Gromit and Chicken Run. and uh, But I, I loved Pingu as a kid. Pingu was like my favorite show as a kid. Um, and I just, uh, when I was like, it was like the early 2000s, and I don't know if you remember, there was a guy on the internet called Knox, K-N-O-X, that was making these clay animations of these little blue figures. Uh, that everyone was watching on Newgrounds, which was like a Flash animation website. And I got really into that, and I actually started working with that guy, Knox, uh, on a few of his films. And then just, yeah, I always loved film. I, I wanted to be the next Quentin Tarantino. And I went to school, and, and I loved it, and I still love film. I mean, like you said, 
I have applied a lot of my film education to my writing and to my art because I studied you know, cinematography at university, so I learned a lot about how to create shots, which I definitely use in my own art, like specifically something called the rule of thirds, where if you put like a hashtag across the screen, um, there's dot, wherever those dots intertwine, there should be something happening, um, and that's something I do. That's nerdy film stuff. If you want to be, do art, Look up the rule of thirds. It's it's a very great way to 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 get some uh, some really pretty looking artwork quick. And it's called um, rule of thirds. Called the rule of thirds. Yeah. Nice. I'm gonna freaking look that up. But yeah. So I was I was doing film for a while, and then I graduated, and I just spent so much money on my final film at university. Because you know you think oh the university's going to pay for your film. No, you have to pay for your own film. Damn. Um. And as much as I loved it, I was like, man, if I want to become a writer-director, I'm going to have to like raise a lot of money to make some short films and, and try and get my work out there. It just seemed like dauntingly impossible. But since I had a growing interest in uh, drawing and comic book art, at the time I was already making my own comic, Dino Zombies, which was a webcomic at the time, because I'm, I'm a huge zombie nut, if you can't tell, by <laughs> having a zombie book coming out. But um I was doing that, and I was loving that, and I, and I listened to all these podcasts where Kevin Smith was interviewing Jim Lee and Greg Capullo and, and a bunch of other people, and they all said the same thing. They said, I took three years off, and all I did was I drew all day, every day, uh, and then I broke into Marvel or DC or whatever. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to have a go at that, because if I can't create film as a way of me having my creative outlet to tell stories, then surely I can get good enough to draw comics so I can work in that medium to tell my stories. So that's exactly what I did. I, after university, I knuckled down. I said to my parents, let me mooch off of you for three years. I'm going to sit down and draw all day, every day. And I did that. And by the end of the third year, after a lot of hard work and plenty of editors saying no, one editor finally said yes. Um, and that happened to be C.B. Sobolski um, at Marvel, um, who had a portfolio review with me in London. And it was fantastic. And he said great things. And then... I sort of chatting to Marvel through email, and I eventually got offered uh, a chance to work on Star Lords, uh, just a backup story, uh, because the artist was moving on to a different book. And then after that, I landed Great Lakes Avengers, and my career snowballed from there. So I'm very happy with that. But like I said, that's just drawing. It's so much harder to break in as a writer, and that's why I was like, well, I gotta, you know, gamble on myself and make my own book, uh, and that's what I do with Outbreaks. Yeah, you uh that that was a question I wanted to ask you as well. Uh I didn't put it on the list, but I it's I, why do you think it's so much harder for a writer to break into comics than an artist? Well, with an I know, artist. I, I'm you... sorry, but I I know art is, art is the 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 focal point of the medium, but you still need a story to tell. You know. Absolutely. So, so go ahead. Some would say that the art doesn't matter anymore because I mean, I look at reviews all the time of the books I work on, and some people never even mention the art, which I think is ridiculous. I mean, it is, like you said, it is art first. Um, but in terms of writing, look, when you're an artist, you can go to an editor, you can sit down and show them your artwork, and in 10 seconds, they'll know whether you're good enough to be a professional and working for their company. Very different for a writer. You can't just send in pitches to Marvel and DC because you know there's a lot of legal stuff there. Like They can't look at your pitch. Because what if some other writer comes up with a similar story to yours? You might think that they took it and sue you and all this other stuff. So 
you basically, the way you break it as a writer is you have to make your own comics. No one's really going to hire you if you haven't made a comic yet. I mean, look, the reason I first got writing for Dynamite, that's the first company I did writing comics for professionally, was because I showed them Outbreaks Issue 1, even though it wasn't colored. It was just black and white art and lettered. I showed that to them saying, this is what I can do in terms of writing. And I got the gig writing with them. So you have to make comics to get into comics, which is crazy. But that's the way it is. But like, luckily, like things like Kickstarter are a great platform. I mean, the, our first issue was like 120, 130% overfunded for Outbreaks Issue 1. And Issue 2 right now got funded in the first week. So it's wow. just incredible. So I tell people all the time, like, take advantage of Kickstarter. Like, it's a powerful tool to change your life. I mean, I, I, Outbreaks is my passion project. I love zombies. I love telling zombie stories. And this is such a great creative outlet for me to do so. Like, I, I'm having more fun creating this book than I have drawing Batman and Superman, all, all of that stuff, because it's just what I love to do. Like, yeah. sitting, having my own comic created is just, like, the greatest feeling in the world. It makes me feel like a kid again. Like, I make comics all the time as a kid that I'd staple together and and try and, like, get people to read. And this is the same exact thing, just on a much yeah. different level. Yeah. I remember my first comic. Uh, <laughs> um, that That's amazing. So where where did speech comics come from? That's your that's your imprint? That's my imprint, yeah. I, um, I just wanted to have an imprint for my work. I didn't want to just have nothing there. Um, and... For some reason, I've had, I've had speech bubble comics for in my head for a long time. Uh, just because I thought it would be cool with a logo that looks like a little speech bubble. Uh, it really didn't, there's not much of an interesting story behind it. I was like, yeah, that's what I want to call it. <laughs> so originally the company was called Speech Bubble Comics, but then I saw that that already existed, I think, in India or something like that. Oh, so I changed it to Speech Comics. Um, also, I also changed it to Speech Comics because all the social media and like buying a domain. Like, Speech Bubble Comics was completely gone, but Speech Comics was available. So I was like, there you go. That, that's my company name now, Speech Comics. Nice. Very cool. Uh, and it, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's quite a catchy name, though, if I may say so. Good. Oh, I'm glad about that. Speech Comics. Uh, tell us about Outbreaks. You've mentioned Outbreaks a couple times. Uh, what is Outbreaks? So Outbreaks is kind of like the show uh, Black Mirror. And if you don't know what that show is... It's a bunch of short stories that's sort of like an anthology where it's different genres and sort of different uh, looks, but they all are connected through technology. Yeah. That's, the, that's the underlying theme throughout all those stories. Yeah. So I kind of took that, and then instead of it being technology as the underlying theme, I made The Undead the underlying theme. So what I'm trying to do with Outbreaks is... I, I'm not trying to tell your stereotypical survivor story. That's been done so much better than I ever could have, and it's been done to death, right? Like, you know, The King is The Walking Dead, in my opinion. <laughs> that show, just, oh, that, that property, really. I mean, The Walking Dead comic is my favorite comic of all time. That's, that's the, your absolute perfected, perfected survivor story. I'm not trying to do that. What I'm trying to do is dig deeper into zombies and try and find different stories to tell. For instance... In my book, Outbreaks, the backup story is called Dead Eye Dick. 
uh, and it's a superhero noir story about a guy who gets an eye transplant, which is accidentally a zombie's eye put into his head, and he gains zombie-like superpowers. So that's more of like uh, an ode to Sin City, an ode to old-school comics, and that's what that story is. And then our main story is a dark comedy about two guys locked in the drunk tank at the beginning of the zombie apocalypse, and they've got to figure out a way to get out of jail or they're going to be left for dead. So that's a bit more of, of your standard, but still, like, it's more comedy, kind of like Shaun of the Dead-ish, um, and just a bit more fun. But in the future, like, future stories, we're going to have uh, a, a courtroom drama zombie story. Um, we're going to have uh, a, the zombie apocalypse from the point of view of a dog, um, and so many other little ones that are just really fun. Like, there's, there's one with a robot as well. And that's the point of this book, is just, Let's take the zombie genre and explore it. It, it can go deeper. I, I love zombies. I've loved them ever since I saw Michael Jackson's Thriller as a kid, and it scared the crap out of me. <laughs> Not because of the dancing zombies, but because at the end of that music video, his, uh, his date gets cornered by all these zombies in a house, and it really messed with me. And then playing Resident Evil as a child, I was, ne- I, I was never strong enough to, strong-willed enough to play it. But I loved watching my friends play it because I just love zombies. I love anything that scares me, uh, really excites me. So, yeah, long, long time zombie fan. Um, and I don't plan on stopping to make this book. Like, this is my passion project. I hope I can make this forever because um, I just think there's so many different stories to tell. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of different genres to explore. And it, it, it does. First, first of all, Dead Eye Dick sounds extremely, like, so f- it it sounds very original so fucking funny so uh interesting too cuz uh, he gets an eye transplant from a zombie eye and he gets zombie like powers that's right does he have to eat people to sustain himself uh, or something yes yes i don't want to spoil anything but <laughs> well if anybody wants to read that i think uh it's actually available for free if people go to my website, speechcomics.com, you'll see uh, in a tab called Dead Eye Dick Free Comic, and you can read uh, Dead Eye Dick there. I'm, I'm going to make Dead Eye Dick available for free continuously throughout the book, as it is the backup story. So that's just my way of letting people sort of you know dip their toes into the Outbreaks world. So yeah. if anybody wants to read the first six or seven pages of Dead Eye Dick, it is available for free on my website. Speechcomics.com. That's right. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, as I think about it, there are a lot of, you could tell, you could tell a zombie story even without zombies too. Like if, if I'm not mistaken, it, it, you know, depending on For how sure. you tell it, but I have, I have one of those coming up. I, I have this thing called uh, dead am where it's people on a flight and the zombie apocalypse breaks out in the world below them and. They're like, what do we do? Like, like we can't land anywhere, and people are calling their families and things. And you don't see a single zombie throughout the whole entire story, but you just know that they're there. Oh wow, that's that's really fucking compelling. Uh, I, and I'm like, now, this is strictly just you coming up with these stories, or do you have a team coming up with these stories? It's me, um, my brother. Uh, who is the co-host of the podcast I do, Batman the Animated Series podcast. He has come up with some stories that I'm going to develop uh, with him and write. So he's he's more of like the, uh, you know, he likes to come up with like, hey, 
what about something like this? Like he came up with the courtroom drama idea and I was like, that's brilliant. And so then I started developing it. So he will be getting involved more as it goes forward, but it's pretty much, it's all me writing all my dialogue, etc. Wow. Um, all my storytelling. Uh, but we have different artists in the book. Like we have the great Monica McCagney who's drawing uh, Rotten Luck and she's just knocking it out of the park along with Cyril Vincent coloring her work. Who's this great, French colorist that's worked on Assassin's Creed and all this other cool stuff. Uh, and then I draw all of Dead Eye Dick, uh, and I also color it as well. And I color it in the way comics were colored back in, like, the 1940s and 50s with all, like, the little dots. And, like, oh, I only use, that is like, cool. the four colors. Yeah, it's, it's, it gives it a really cool uh, noir look that, uh, that makes it stand out and be unique. So I like that a lot. Oh, that is so cool. Um and, and going back to Thriller, it was the dancing zombies for me when they were coming out of the grave and oh, I was just yeah, the so grave, fucking freaked when they come out. out of the graves. I was yeah, so fucking absolutely. freaked out. Some of that. Fucking... I'm glad. <laughs> it was like it was it was haunting. It was haunting. Yeah, and and also is. mainly him in that zombie makeup. Yeah, that was freaky as fuck. So the dancing is almost intimidating because they're like, we're going to dance and then eat you. So yeah. That's a real pound. <laughs> There's a story right there. Dancing zombies. And then they eat you. And then they eat yeah. you. Um, yeah, like, yeah. A dance off. Like if you can dance better than us, then we won't eat you. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, that's incredible. That's uh, many blessings to you. Cause, uh, Out- outbreak sounds is, uh, is, Zombies are an original idea, but you're making it original. Well, thank you very much. And, yeah, and, and, I, I love zombies. I love all the George Romero movies. I mean, Day of the Dead's my favorite zombie movie. Uh, if anybody's seen a little film called Fido, uh, which is like a world where people kind of keep zombies as, as pets, that that is the spirit of what I'm trying to do with the book. Like that, because that's just a unique original idea mm-hmm. and take on this on the zombie world so yeah uh, yeah i i, I want to do more in the like if, if this builds up i'd also like to expand it into doing stuff with vampires and ghosts and things like that and, and explore those but for now i'm sticking with outbreaks because that's where my true love is yeah you're 100 percent correct there there are ways to tell these stories whether they're comedy dark horror uh like like you did the courtroom drama there, you know, there are ways to do it, and especially if we do it right, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna knock it out of the fucking park. So, my hats off to you, because you're doing Thank such you, a fantastic job. Um, not okay. I'm gonna skip ahead a little bit. There's an independent Comic Con Kickstarter. Okay. That's that's going around. What? I'm I'm very intrigued in that, you know, and there are surprisingly a lot of independent comics out there. The fact that mm. this could be a thing, what do you think about that? What do you what what are your feelings or, or uh, idea of an independent comic con? So how is how is a comic con going through Kickstarter? Uh, I think they're jeez, oh, I think they're getting backed. In order, it's going to be in Connecticut. If I, so, they're ra- they're trying to raise money to put on the convention. Is, yes. that, is that what's going on? Yes, okay. if I'm not mistaken. Uh, let me go to the person that's running it. I'm so sorry. 
uh, Matthew Sardo. He has uh, it's uh, IC3 because it's the Indie Comics Creator Con. Oh, that's what it is, Indie Comics Creator Con, and that's that. That sounds like an interesting idea. Um, having, I'm so sorry. I'm getting a call at the worst possible time. <laughs> Look, all right. I love your ringtone of Zelda. <laughs> You heard that. <laughs> I did, yeah. That's going to be stuck in my head all day now. <laughs> yeah, the Gerudo Desert <laughs> has the, is the best theme, I think. The Gerudo Desert. It's, uh, on, it's on my gym playlist. It's actually a really good song to do cardio to. Yeah. You know, and just imagine you're on, a, on, on Epona and just riding yeah. through the desert and shit. Uh, so in the, uh, this is uh, uh, his words, if I may. Indie Comics Creator Con is a groundbreaking new comic book convention focusing on creators and those who support independent art and ideas. IC3 aims to provide a dynamic and and inclusive platform for independent artists, writers, and publishers to showcase their talents and connect with an engaged audience. The annual event celebrates the spirit of creativity, community, and camaraderie within the world of comics. We are in the golden age of self-published comics and the Indie Comics Creator Con is a direct celebration of that. I'm so excited to bring such a diverse group of people together to celebrate independent comics and creators. The show is going to have a vibe like no other. Uh, out of um, Matt Sardo, convention director. Uh, all the details are in the Comics Creator Con Saturday, March 9th, 2024 at Southern Connecticut State University, New Haven, Connecticut. That sounds really interesting. That sounds really intriguing yeah. and almost fun, you know? It's, it's it's it the independent community joining together uh it sounds it sounds interesting it does i, I mean i think kickstarter is a good way of doing it because you can raise more awareness for it that way yeah um that's 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 a great thing about kickstarter like, you could say like i have a new book coming out and people don't really care but if you're like i need your help to make a book then people do actually care yeah. Um, so saying I need help to make a convention is a great idea, um, and you'll and the thing about that is you'll find your audience because indie indie comics is very niche. Yeah. Um, your general audience uh, going into a regular comic con is not going to walk down artist alley because they don't really care. They're not there to see comics; they're there to see celebrities. So yeah, it's it's very good to. to you know, if they can do that, then fantastic. I mean, yeah. there needs to be more comic conventions out there that focus on, on comics. comics. And like, <laughs> I get, I get it. Uh, you know, running a convention, it's a business, and they found that the best way to make money is to invite Hollywood into the doors, and that's fine. I totally get it, but I really hate sitting in an artist alley and people are just not there for comics at all. It just, it's like, why am I here? Like, this is not. Yeah. I'm supposed to be here for people that are interested in my work and, and enjoy my work so I can give back to them. But, uh, in the UK, it's, it's hard to even like people aren't even aware of, of, of that. It's, it's usually just for celebrities and, and, to, and like a, a place to bring your kids. Right. So, uh, <laughs> oh, independent wow. comic convention sounds great. I don't know. I had a bad experience. One, uh, one NY comic, New York comic con. Oh yeah. Uh, I think it was the first time we ever went on a Sunday or a Saturday. No, it was on a Sunday. And there were so many babies and 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 baby carriages. And I'm like, this is not the place for that shit. Please. Yeah. 
please keep those kids at home. But I get it. It's yeah, Sunday yeah. and you you save, want to go to the save con. Save the comic books and cartoons for the adults, okay? Yeah. Leave the children at home. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were like one or two years old. What are you going to enjoy from that from one or two or even infant? You know, If they're not in a cute little baby Yoda costume, then get them out of here. That's true. That's true. If it, they don't look like Grogu, then get the fuck out of here. Uh, <laughs> uh, you mentioned you have a Batman the Animated Series podcast. That sounds really fucking cool. Tell us about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was started by my brother. We originally, uh, in back in 2017 or 18, we had Spider-Man the Animated Series podcast. That was our first one. And we interviewed uh, the creator of that show. We interviewed... Uh, actors from that show, writers and things, and we really enjoyed it. And we pretty much were at the end of that show, and we, my brother's a huge Batman fan and a huge Batman the Animated Series fan. And I love it as well, but he's a mega one. And he's like, let's just switch to Batman the Animated Series. I was like, fine, let's do that. And I think we've done that about a year or two years ago, and it's done really well. I mean, we've interviewed a bunch of writers, directors, um, some actors, and from the show and it's been really interesting like hearing the behind the scenes but also me and my brother do a bunch of silly stuff like if you find us on instagram or on tiktok there's a bunch of videos that my brother basically dubs over batman the animated series <laughs> with us fr uh, from the podcast and you know it's extremely raunchy and and not appropriate and but it's very funny <laughs> so uh that's something that we yeah i do that once a week with my brother and i enjoy very much that's really cool. I would love to... to uh, where Where is it available? Is it on Spotify and stuff like that? It's available where any, anybody likes to get their podcast, and that's Batman the Animated Series Podcast. Um, yeah, check it out. It's it's a lot of fun. Very cool. Uh, what Where are you up to? Are you up to a certain season, a certain episode? We are still on season one. Uh, oh. We just uh, reviewed Mask of the Phantasm since it just got re-released on 4K. Oh, uh, nice. Which is cool. Um, but we just finished... What episode? Uh, Feet of Clay Part 2 is the last episode we did. And the next episode we're doing is Joker's Favor, which is one of my favorite episodes. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. The, the introduction to Harley Quinn. That's right. Harley it is. Sorkin. Oh, man. Don't make me cry. Uh, I know. Yeah. Yeah, it's so sad. Yeah. Um, literally, literally, I was on the bus to work and I had my Batman playlist playing. And the first song is, of course, Batman the Animated Series intro. Mm -hmm. I got teary-eyed. Because immediately Not Kevin sure. Conroy came to my mind, Arlene Sorkin came to my mind, and I just, I nearly started bawling on the fucking bus. <laughs> <laughs> That's a true fan right then. I said, hold on, hold it, hold it, hold it, don't do it. <laughs> oh, man. Um... What has your experience been like with the big publications like IDW, Dark Horse, uh, DC, Image, and so on? Uh, what what have you learned from the that from those experiences? What are what are some things uh, that you've learned to do and not to do when working with uh, those uh, those folks? Um, I I I'm starting to learn. I've been now working for these companies for a good seven or eight years. Um, and I have always just 
put the pedal to the metal when it comes to hitting deadlines and working super hard. And I'm and it's been killing me to be honest because drawing comics is is such a grueling job because you have to get all this artwork done in such a small space because comics come out every month. And, you know, the reason it, it was like that is because people back in the 30s through the 50s drew in very simple art styles and they could pump out comics once a month. Yeah. But when people like Jim Lee came along and Neil Adams and were like, hey, we're actually putting proper illustration into this work, it became really fucking hard to draw <laughs> and to keep up, keep up with that level of quality that people have grown to expect from comic books. Yeah. So now you're having to draw at these amazing levels on a monthly rate. And when I was in my 20s, like, I was all for it. and like, yeah, I'm passionate. I want to work for Marvel and DC. But now in my 30s, I'm like, I'm fucking tired. And I'd like to take the evening <laughs> off. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'd like to yeah. work nine to five. So I, I try and take on books now that don't require me to have such a grueling deadline. Like, I drew The Flash this year, and it was exciting. I got to draw on, like, issue 798. Like, what an achievement. Wow. But uh, I had to get it drawn uh, a page a day of pencils and inks, and that was including weekends, and it killed me. I was like, I don't want to do this ever again. So I'm trying to find work now that that's, fits my, my pace. Um, yeah. I much prefer getting a, a page done every two days than every day, mm -hmm. and that's pencils and inks as well. Wow. And even a page every two days is a lot for me regardless, because I'm just very slow, and I, and I like slowing down because it means I can put more detail into it, and, and, it, and it'll be more professional. So that's, that's what I've learned. Uh, and I've also learned that everyone gets paid very different salaries working for the companies, and you should always fight for a higher salary because you never know if you might be getting undervalued uh, or not. So yeah. that's another recommendation, I'd say. Yeah. So not only, not only is it difficult for a writer to get in, and a little easier for the artist, but the artist has to pay attention to what they're worth. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, I remember you remember the Fat Man Beyond episode or Fat Man on um, Batman episode with uh, Neil Adams. I do. Yes. Uh, that he uh, spoke about uh, how how he got his money. You you, do, you ask for double what you think it's worth, and then you might get a chance of getting a little bit more yeah that is such amazing advice and i use it a lot nice nice uh are you from you're familiar with the hashtag comics broke me i am yes i i did a i did a hashtag at that point and i talked about how i had some severe payment delays from companies which i won't mention who okay uh, that was really difficult for me over the holiday period of last year um, because I, and I was, you know, I was, I couldn't afford anything. I was, I was due money for over three months from various different companies and I've been working all day, every day. And, and I just lost it. I was, I was furious. I was like, I'm done. Like, what's this? It's not worth my time anymore. Like I'm just working so hard drawing these, these like characters that everyone loves, but I'm not getting paid for it. Like, this is ridiculous. So I had a little bit of a blow up on Twitter yeah. about that. And then the comics broke me thing came along and I just, Reevaluated, like how this industry is slightly broken when it comes to paying talent uh, on time mm. because we're all freelancers for the most part. Unfortunately. Unless you're, someone, unless you're someone that's been hired by Marvel and DC, which is very rare. That's superstar level of artists. 
I'd say 80 to 90% of everyone else is, is freelance. And all these companies, like, they, it's so easy to be taken advantage of. And it's soul crushing because it's, it's a tough, like, people think, like, oh, you draw comics, your life must be wonderful. It's like, no, I have a terrible fucking back. I, I've gained tons of weight because all I do is sit in one position, hunched over drawing books that imagine need the to get out. And shit. Luckily, I don't have any of that. So I'm, oh, I'm happy about that. So uh, that's, you know, that's another big reason why I've switched. To making things like outbreaks, and, and I'm trying to get my own stuff cooking because, um, you know, I don't own any of these these characters at Marvel or DC or anything. Yeah. Um, so when they get turned into big Hollywood blockbusters, I, I don't see a dime of that. Rightfully so. I, I, I mean, they they paid me for the my time. They're a big corporation. That's how they make money. Like I'm not angry. At, it's like that. I think it just is a great lesson to go out and do your own thing. Yeah. Um, what yeah. the Image Boys did, like Tom McFarlane. Great spawn, and he became a multi-millionaire because of it. And that's that's the type of stuff that really excites me. Because, like I said, when I went to film school, I wanted to be the next Quentin Tarantino. I wanted to write and direct, and now I just want to write and draw my own comic books and create my own stories. And I, I look, I still I'm drawing for Marvel right now. I'm drawing Howard the Duck, and I'm having a great time doing it. But nice. um, it's it's not what I you know I want to write and draw. That's what I re- truly want to do. So yeah. I'm being better now at steering my career towards my goals rather than just building up, you know, saying yes to every project and building up a portfolio. I've done that now. I've worked at all these big companies. I've established myself kind of as a little bit of a name that I'm hoping I can really start having the creative career that I've always wanted, where it's creating my own books or writing and drawing Batman or anything like that in the future, Spider-Man, that type of stuff. That's stuff I'd love to do. It's just um, I'm tired of, of taking the the crap gigs to, to hope one day for the good gigs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I understand that. Uh, do you find that, um, cause I, I've noticed this about myself. I'm not nowhere near your talents, but I am trying to make a bit of a, a extra buck on art. Do you find that it's easier to draw for fun than it is to try and, make a buck out of these things does it get like to a point like i don't want to do this but i have to do this i've been drawing comics for so long that i i don't i don't draw for fun ever (laughs) (laughs) i really don't everything i draw is either uh for a book that i'm on or i'm drawing uh for a book that i'm creating it's it's when you work in a business for so long it's when your when your hobby becomes your job you don't really do that hobby anymore. Some people do, though. Some people are built to draw. Like, there's people that, when they take time off from drawing comics, they just sit down and draw. That's insanity to me. <laughs> I, I like to sit and watch a movie or play a video game or, or, or go for a, you know, a, a long walk or yeah. something like that. Um, but that's because my true passion is writing. That's what I really love to do. Nice. If I take time off, I might write stuff, of course, yeah. and, or, or come up with things. But when it comes to art, it's, it's no, I, I really don't do anything for fun. Um, if, if I was trying to break in again, um, I would definitely be drawing for fun, but I'd be drawing pages that I would find fun, mm-hmm. making, you know, Batman fighting Daredevil or something like that, just yeah. so I can have fun making pages that could eventually lead to work. Yeah. Uh, what is your cure for writer's or artist block? If you ever get that, what is your go-to? Like, oh my God, this uh, uh, you're you're on a roll, 
and then you reach a certain point that everything's a blank. What do you do? I, I get writer's block, I get drawer's block, and the only thing I found that actually works for me is to just stop. Uh, usually I, I take my dog out for a long walk, uh, I clear my head, or I do some sort of activity that, that will you know, stimulate my brain slowly, like either it's playing a video game or like hoovering <laughs> uh, or cleaning the dishes or something that, you know, is I'm, I'm not just sitting there like watching a TV or something. Like I, I have to get up and be active and then, and then go back to it. Like I, I've always found, you know, if it's not working, I know it sucks for your timeline, but it, it's probably best to take like an hour or two off and then go back to it with fresh eyes yeah. because otherwise you're going to spend hours trying to make something work that just isn't working. Yeah. Yeah. Me, I take weeks and <laughs> days and weeks <laughs> away from <laughs> like, I got nothing. So I get the fuck away from there. Um, I just recently got a stroke of, uh, inspiration from, uh, music of all things. Music, uh, kind of gets me, in certain places, especially if it's a really good song like Chandelier uh, from Sia. Yeah, right. Yep. That created a brand new story, which doesn't help my previous story <laughs> that I'm working on. It just created something brand new, and I really like the idea, so I might try and do something with that. But yeah, music. That uh, happens all the time with writing. You, you're working on something. And then suddenly you're like, ooh, I just came up with a cool new idea. I'm going to focus on that. I've been very good recently at taking all of those cool ideas, putting them on a notepad, and then slowly trying to check them off one by one because I, I, I have to finish something before I go off to something else. That's a good and, idea. And that's why Outbreaks is fun because they're a bunch of little stories. So you get that completion once, once one of the stories is done. That Now I'm excited to tell the new Outbreak story. But I have good 15 to to 30 properties uh create our own properties that i'm i want to tackle one day it's just all about finding the time and that's why i like collaborating with other artists and things it's so much easier uh, uh -oh. than let an artist go with it to get it done okay um Almost instead of sitting down and drawing it myself um that that is that is really cool. That is, uh, that is, uh, one last question before we, before I let you go. Uh, well, two, but one, uh, nah, screw it. it he did it. He did it. Uh, I was going to ask you about Bill Willingham's and his decision to go public domain. Oh. Yeah. Um, I, I really don't know much about the story. Um, can you tell me more about, well, what, what, he had, from, from his words or what I gathered from his little blog that he posted about it, he had a bit of a falling out with uh, DC's current management. I don't know if that includes uh, the uh, Discovery people, but whoever's in charge of DC is kind of fucking with his contract uh, or at least not trying to renew it or uh, not uh, delivering on certain promises on his contract. And they still owe him some money as well for Wolf Among Us, the video game that I guess they didn't really get his permission to do, but they did it anyway. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Tell, uh, I think he, I don't know if Telltale Games owes him money, but uh, he says DC owes him money. So, um, and so, yeah, he had a really 
big falling out with DC and he decided to make everything that's connected with fables public domain. So anyone could take a fable story and title it fables and you know like and just do it uh without any repercussions or anything uh as far as he knows legally. Um if if the story is company's not giving him money so he's not going to let his creation make money for the company anymore. I think that's a bold move and I think it's a brilliant move. I mean, it's a giant middle finger, right? Like, fuck yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, I applaud I that. Down with the man. <laughs> <laughs> and if somebody works for DC, uh, no comment. <laughs> um, I just find it hard to believe that these companies that I've grown to love over my many or out of my 35 years of living have such a hard time or has become such a it's kind of like it's kind of like sumo wrestling if you will okay. do you know anything about sumo wrestling two fat guys one fat guy pushes the other fat guy out okay. of the circle right yeah that's the basics <laughs> but it's so uh it's very steeped in tradition yeah, that they have an extremely hard time ca- catching up with modern, with anything modern, whether it's uh, health-wise for their wrestlers or you know money-wise or whatever the case may be. Comics to me seem like they've so still stuck in nineteen forties mindset that oh we could go out of business tomorrow. That. It's just like these contracts and these these business models and these, these things are so out of fucking date. Hey, if you look, um, there's someone posted the payment rates of comic book artists, and it was from the 19, early 1980s or the late 1970s, and it's the same rate that people get today, if not better in some cases. Oh, wow. And, and that's per Wait, page. Who posted so, that? I want to take a look at when that. I, when I saw that, it really broke my heart because I was like, oh, I'm never going to make any fucking money in this business. <laughs> <laughs> if that's like the page rate is older than myself. Oh. Um, I didn't get into comics to make money, though. I thought there was more money in comics. Uh, uh, yeah. And you know what? There is definitely more money in comics. If I was creating a book that was super popular at Marvel and DC uh, or Image and stuff like that, had a lot of readers, I'd be making royalties, and those royalties would definitely be stacking up, and I would be a very happy man. Yes. Uh, but I'm not in that position, so th- there is a slight, there is fairness to the system. Um, you know, it's like a golfer. Like if you play really great at golf, you're going to make more money. Uh, if you draw really well, then you're going to make more money, and that's I find that actually to be quite fair in the end. Yeah. Uh, but I do think the base rates should be higher. Oh, yeah. uh, but uh, and the, these companies they're all run you know by businessmen and it's at the end of the day it's all a business yeah. I do think there's a lot of mishandling of stuff if that guy's not been getting paid for something that he did that's he's not the only one in the comic industry I mean oh, yeah. that's how Aftershock Comics went bust because they got exposed for not paying their creators and they were like oh we, 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 we stopped paying creators because we're going to try and financially recover as a business first, and then we'll pay our creators. When I heard that, I was like, that's ridiculous. Like, you can't just stop paying. If you, hey, if you can't pay your creators, you aren't a fucking business. End mm-hmm. the story. That's it. You're done. Yeah. Like, 
you can't just push that off until you recover. That's 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 terrible. So uh, that's another why, reason why I, I find independently making comics more and more appealing each day because I'm in control. I make yeah. my own contracts. I, I I fulfill them for myself and and my artists. And look, I give the same deal to the creators I work with that that are even worse than Marvel and DC. I'm not giving anybody royalties or anything, but there's not any royalties to make up for my book because I'm just making it out of pure passion. So I pay my creators and they get paid on time and they get paid very well. Um, but I am the owner of Outbreaks and that, that's the way it will be going forward. Yeah. Yeah. It's your baby, so. Absolutely, it's my baby. And, and I don't pay myself for the book. I haven't paid myself for any of the writing any of the drawing, any of the lettering, any of the coloring, put the production, uh, posting out the book, running a Kickstarter, marketing, advertising, paying for websites, uh, paying for Monica to draw the first three issues is completely out of my pocket. I just bring it to Kickstarter to raise enough money for it to get colored and printed. Everything else I pay for myself. I'm hoping one day it will make enough money that I can pay myself. But that's, like I said, like when I was a kid, I loved to create. So... That's why I'm creating this book because I have to make it because yeah. it's just in my DNA. Like I just want to make this book. I'm passionate about it. Like, it's why it's called a passion project. And I think a lot of people don't understand that when it comes to putting your own work together. It's like it's not going to be any money in it, but it's, it's, it's got, you, you have to do it because yeah. you love it. Yeah, I I I I I agree and I I I understand. Yeah. Um, that's the thing. That's you know. That's you. You 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 love something so much to do it, whether it's financially stabilizing or not. It's something you love to do, and you want to do yeah. it. Yeah. So you know. Yeah, I mean, there, there's out, some outbreaks is not that need my to be made. Sorry. Yeah, go um, ahead. I was just gonna. I was just gonna say outbreaks is not my main source of income i mean it's not even an income um it's something i do as a hobby like i do i do an hour of it in the morning and i do an hour of it in the evening every single day and that's how i work on the book and that's how i get it done it's it's just a true side project passion project but but it doesn't mean it's not going to go anywhere i mean i'm already in talks with a major comic book publisher that has told me once you reach a certain amount of issues we'd be heavily interested in bringing the book to the direct market, which would be awesome because Ooh. I have no interest myself of trying to pursue that market. I'd much rather have a super professional company who knows that market and operates in it do that. So yeah. that's that's something to strive for. And that's another great thing about Kickstarter is you can make your book and then you can bring it to these major publishers and say, do you want to print my work? I mean, it's just like George A. Romero back in the zombie days. He found ways to get his books, I mean, his movies funded. He made them himself, so he didn't have any meddling from studios or producers because they only made his work worse in his words. <laughs> and he just made the art that he wanted to make. Yeah. And then he went to the, the main uh, movie houses just for distribution rights. Like, hey, Miramax or, or WB, do you want to distribute my film? And you'll make a cut and, and it'll be that. So I love that idea. I love the idea of, no editors, yeah. uh, no no appeasing uh, upper corporate corporate folks. Just making the art that you want to make. It's just it's the way it should be. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And then the other stuff can if it's if it's there, you get, it's that then it's a good thing. That's good. 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 Congratulations that somebody wants 
to do that with the outbreak uh, later down the line. So many blessings. To yeah, you. I mean, I'm not holding my breath over it. I've, yeah. The comic book industry is, is is you hear lots of things. Yeah, it's promises. a very fickle thing, apparently. But, yeah, that never come to fruition. But uh, the guy who has offered this is I trust him a lot. I, lo- I like him a lot. So I'm hoping it's true. I would love to have this book in comic book stores all around the world. But it makes sense to build up a few issues first before doing that. Yeah. Uh, how many issues do you have so far? And issue two is on Kickstarter right now. Okay. So we're issue very two. new. Very brand new. Very cool. Um, yep. Sir, where can people find you on the interwebs? Uh, you can find me at Robson Inc. And that's R-O-B-S-O-N-I-N-K. Uh, I'm at Robson Inc. on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, on pretty much all social medias. TikTok as well, even though I don't make too many ticky talks. <laughs> um, and you can follow uh, my company, Speech Comics, although I don't really post on there. But the best thing, if you want to, if you like what I've had to say and you're interested in Outbreaks, please go to kickstarter.com, search Outbreaks Issues 1 through 2, or Outbreaks Hashtag 1 through 2. You'll see my comic pop up. Uh, pop up. It's live right now. We are uh, happily overfunded, which I'm so thankful for. But the show is not over yet, because if we can make more money, the book's just going to get better and better. Free goodies for people, nice. upgrades to the book. And the most exciting thing is, is if we hit £5,000 raised, I'm going to be bringing in a superstar artist for the cover of the next issue. And I can't tell you who it is, but I will say that they co-created one of the greatest zombie stories of all time. So that would be a huge get to me, and I would love to have that. So, yeah, I think we're at 4300 ish right now, or 4290 um, so basically 700 more raised and the cover is going to be amazing for the next issue. So, and if we, if we hit over that, if we hit, get it to 6k, then I get to take, uh, October off and actually pay myself to work on the book, which would be lovely. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That'll be great. Uh, wow. Congratulations. First and foremost. Um, Thank sir, you. it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, I really hope we could do this again, time permitting. Yeah, sure. Uh, uh, in, in March, I'll be launching issue three, so I'm happy to chat then as well. Nice. Uh, I'm, send me, DM me the uh, the link. I put Mark, March, issue three. Uh, send me the link to your Kickstarter on DM so I can put it in the description of this uh, episode. Yeah, I'm doing and, that right now. Yeah, okay. And, um, sir, many blessings to you. Uh, best of luck to you with Outbreaks. Um, I wish you all the best in the world and in this universe. And, <laughs> thank you very much. Yes, and uh, thank you so much for taking this time to be on my little tiny show. Uh, I That's really right. appreciate it. Thank you for finding the time. I know how busy you are. <laughs> thank you so much. Uh, sir, Will Robson... Ladies and gentle nerds, uh, check out Outbreaks on Kickstarter, Issue 2, and uh, Howard the Duck as well you're working on yep. right now, you said? That's uh, Howard the Duck 50th anniversary, which is out in November. Ah, very cool. 50th anniversary, that's really cool. Wow, 50 yeah. years of Howard the Duck? Jeez, who'd have thunk? <laughs> Crazy, right? Yeah. Um, 
but uh, again, thank you so much. And you have a blessed day, a blessed week, blessed month, blessed year, bless everything. All right. <laughs> well, thank you very much. You too. You have a great one, sir. I hope to talk to you again. All right. Bye, bud. Bye, bye. That was Will Robson. Wow. What that is that is so insightful, so uh, educating, if you will. Uh, really appreciate that he, that he took the time to be on this show. Uh, I I appreciate everyone that takes uh, the time to be on this show, uh, this little tiny show that I'm doing, and that was so fucking cool. <laughs> will Robson. Um, Outbreaks uh, issue two is currently on Kickstarter. I, the, the the link to the Kickstarter will be in the description of this episode. Also, the link to the Indie Comics Creator Con is going to be in the description of this uh, 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 episode. This was episode one hundred and four, uh, Creators Corner with Will Robson. Thank you all so much for listening, and until next time, folks. Peace out.